Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 18 of Retro Hangover. Internet. Welcome to New Los Angeles. We are broadcasting live out of the instru- industrial district today. Oh, oh fuck. Um, I mean, hey Shane, how's it going? It's a new episode of Retro Hangover coming to you live over the sweet, sweet megabits and kilobits of the internet. Um, got it lost in my Xenoblade <laughs> I, stuff. I, I, it sounded good. It really did. I, I won't say that I knew like what the hell you were talking about because I haven't played that yet. But it, it sounded very like. Escape from New York or something. So I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, it's taken over my life. But anyway, it this is the first episode of the new year. The first episode in 2016. Hooray. We are recording on I, what I believe is to be January 4th. I don't know. I've been pretty much drunk all day, every day for the past week. I might have a problem. But we're not here to talk about problems. We're here to talk about video games and the year in review, which is... Pretty much what the majority of this episode is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a good holiday season for the most part. Other than the fact I had to work some of it, but, you know, I'm not working right now. But other than that, I've had a good time. How about you, Shane? Yeah, can't really complain. Um, it was it was, it was was a good holiday overall. Um, fairly low-key, I think, for the most part, which I'm always okay with. Surprisingly, almost, almost nothing in the way of uh, video games as far as, like... Christmas gifts or anything like that goes, which is, I think, a new, a new thing for me. <laughs> but uh, no, no games as gifts. No, ge- well, technically, no. I got a gift card, which I then used to buy games. So it's it, it sort of counts. What was the gift card for? Uh, it was an Amazon gift card. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I did the somewhat responsible adult thing and used part of that money to buy some household things that I needed. And then the rest of it went towards um, video games and graphic novels. So there you go. That's the important thing is video games and graphic novels. I mean, yeah, really. That's, you know, I don't I don't need household items as, as long as I have those. I mean, you don't really have those household items. You're probably just replacing crap anyway. Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, you know. Um... But but I did end up picking up uh, Yoshi's Woolly Woolly World, which I told you about. Um, did you get it with the or with or without the amiibo? Uh, without. No, I okay. I am not. I'm not stepping into that that dark seedy world that is amiibo collecting. It's nowhere near as dark or as seedy as it was earlier this year. Mm, I don't know. I says you. It's a slippery slope, man. Listen, it's like I'm I'm like one yarn Yoshi away from, you know, begging on a street corner for enough change to go buy fucking Marth or whatever the shit. So that's not happening. I refuse. These yarn Yoshis are adorable, by the way. I have two of them. I don't even have Yoshi's Worldly World. 
Maybe that's what you're referring to, being a slippery slope. Uh, I mean, yes, that's, that's actually exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the game <laughs> itself is fun. Um, I've, I've been enjoying that one. Uh, it's... Uh, it's it's like relaxing in in all of the right ways like it's not super difficult or anything um it's of course it's a nintendo first party title so it's gorgeous to look at it takes advantage of the hardware that it has at its disposable um really well it looks really good um plays really well and uh so that's been pretty pretty fun so far and then i uh the other one i picked up was actually Castlevania, what is it? Uh, Mirror of Fate for the 3DS, which is technically part of the Lords of Shadow like line of Castlevania games, and I know that those have gotten that, a is, lot of shit. But is it is it good? Is it better than what it's supposed to be? Um, I haven't started playing it yet, but everything that I read about it, the reviews for it actually were pretty good overall. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's probably better than like the Lord's Shadow 2, um, like major, the main release, because that one was not not great. Um, I didn't dislike the first one, for the record. I just, I kind of got tired of it about three quarters of the way through. It wasn't Castlevania. That was probably my biggest gripe with it. It never once felt like Castlevania. Well, what do you mean by that exactly? Do you mean that it wasn't, like, Symphony of the Night? Uh, to me, the most defining thing about a game is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that that's what identifies me with, with games, sure. right? It didn't have a soundtrack. It didn't have anything. I mean, it, was, it did have it Patrick was, Stewart. It, had that it did have it. Patrick Stewart. It did have Patrick Stewart. But, like, just the way, like, the, the it drove the narrative, the way the plot was told, the way the atmosphere was... There wasn't a single Castlevania that people loved that was anything like it. And, you know, that's I understand that was kind of the point. But at the same time, it it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a Castlevania game to me. Uh, I think I might have a slightly different viewpoint on that one, because as you and I talked about in, in previous episodes, I have. Um, <clears throat> probably what many would consider like an irrational bias towards Castlevania 64. I actually like that game, even though it's like objectively not a good game. Um, <laughs> I, I like it mostly for like nostalgia reasons. Um, so that one being a 3d Castlevania title, it, the gameplay was a lot like that in in a lot of ways, so... Well, I like Lament of Innocence. Oh, well, there you go. But that felt like Castlevania. It might just... I guess it's more... It sounds like it's more about, like, the atmosphere is really what it comes down to. Yeah, like, the, the villains weren't as cheesy. Like, where was Frankenstein? Mm. Where was the giant Medusa thing? I don't remember seeing Medusa. Well, was they, that Medusa? You know, of all the things in the Castlevania series that I could do without, Medusa heads were probably, like, at the top of the fucking list. Those things... I'm not talking about Medusa heads. I'm talking about Medusa. Oh, okay. Well, listen, when you say Medusa in conjunction with Castlevania, that's the first thing I think of, because those things are the biggest assholes. I hate those fucking <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. that's, that's, so I, I ended up buying myself some games for Christmas. Um, yeah. and, and as far as what I've been playing, that hasn't really changed all that much playing some Wooly World and still trying to finish up Dark Souls 2 and of course Fallout 4. Um, 
So that's that's kind of been my thing. So so what about you, Chris? What is what is your holiday video gaming been like? Oh God, um, I'm not even going to go over all the games I got because I dove into the bargain bin. Mm. And when you go diving in the bargain bin, you, you tend to come up with a lot, and I definitely did. And I don't think I spent more than like ten dollars on any title. Um, but all I can say is pretty much the same thing I said uh, three weeks ago is Xenoblade is running my life, and that's all that's really important to me right now is Xenoblade. Uh, That game is, I think I'm now up to 45 hours spent on that game, and um, that that, that's quite impressive considering the fact that there was like a 10-day stretch where I didn't play any video games at all. So I've like done nothing but play this damn game, and it's... Like, I got to the point where I got my robot, and now it's like, now what? Um, <clears throat> it's impressive. Uh, other than that, I mean, that that's pretty much it. I mean, Record Keeper, uh, again, keeping up with that. Got to mention Record Keeper every time, because maybe Squaresoft will give us a uh, endorsement deal. Is I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But um, probably not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, tons and tons of game pickups. My kids really happy with the stuff they got. The kids got the Skylanders, so now I'm, I'm back looking for Skylanders again. That's always a true joy. Uh, post-holiday tradition is trying to keep up with Skylanders and look for Skylanders deals. Oh, good. That's so always... now you're 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 double-dipping on the little collectible figurine thing. That's, uh, that's good. I've slowed way down on Amiibo, to be fair. <laughs> way down. I only have, like, 22 mm-hmm. of them. So that's only? not a problem. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> That seems normal. You don't want to know how many Skylanders we have. I, I <laughs> probably don't. No, you really don't. Um, that's 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 terrifying. Is the Skylander collection? Um, I'm trying to think if I got any really big ticket items, that, like something I'm really like excited about. But I can't really think of anything that I got over the holidays that I'm really like, yeah, I finally got it. I can't think of anything like that. I will say the one cool thing I've gotten is. Uh, I got a USB adapter so I can play st- uh, 2D Steam games. Some of them will let me play uh, 2D Steam games with my Saturn controller. Oh, nice. So that's that's really cool. And the best thing about the adapter, too, is it works with the PS3. So earlier today I was testing it out, playing some Street Fighter Alpha 3 with a Saturn controller on my PS3. Uh, and uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 with my Saturn controller. Which, if anyone knows how the Saturn controller is, it's a fantastic 2D fighting game controller. It's really good. Um, much better than the PlayStation controllers. So, I mean, that was cool. <laughs> that, that is was, that is some that is some gaming hipster shit right there. Let me tell you. Well, if you look at my Steam stuff, I, I was playing Rogue Legacy uh, earlier with my Saturn controller. No, because, no, no. I know that's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, using a Saturn controller to to play Steam and and PlayStation games. That's that is a that is a whole new level right there no it really isn't come on don't give me that shit come on how okay <laughs> how many fucking people do you know are like yeah man i like hooked up my sega saturn controller to my pc so that i could play rogue legacy you that just it's, makes it's me, just that, you that, that makes me hardcore it's not just me it's me and like five other people oh right so you know are you guys like all members of a private like message board somewhere 
Have you guys discussed this? Not yet, but you know what? You go ahead and play Rogue Legacy with your Xbox 360 controller and that D-pad, and I'll enjoy my Saturn controller, so, huh. Yeah, well, then it would probably pain you to learn that I don't use the D-pad. I play it with the stick. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, that's right. Yes, but me and all of the the, the five Saturn fanatics that that love the Sega Saturn and this controller and the 2D-ness of it, yes, we are playing Steam and PS1 games with our Saturn controller. Well, I'm very <laughs> happy for all five of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get to our year in review discussion, um, we've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, news items to talk about, don't we? Pretty quickly, yeah, because uh, it's it's really been slow the past couple weeks. But um, yeah, we got some news stories for you. So we are going to be talking about. The flight. <sighs> All right, so our first story opens up uh, with Act Blizzard deciding that they're going to go buy some Major League Gaming. They went to, they bought Major League Gaming. They did to get into the esports, uh, saying it's not going to impact really what's going to be going on with esports. <laughs> um. If you believe that, you're you're foolish. Uh, I think this really... I don't know how it's going to impact it because there are different leagues with esports. And I don't think this is going to be too big of a deal if you're really into esports. It's not going to impact it too much. Considering, you know, maybe it might because a lot of it was going Valve's way. So you're probably going to see a lot more of like Call of Duty, uh, Warcraft, Starcraft, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I don't think it's really going to cripple... Whatever th- momentum esports had going on to begin with. No, no, I, I don't think it's going to have that kind of effect on it. Um, <clears throat> I think one thing, and of course, it's probably well known by anyone that knows me that I am, in fact, a giant Blizzard fanboy, and I will readily admit that. But um, <clears throat> this does potentially have some concerning implications, given that you now have a very specific corporate entity that is controlling this this league. So one of the concerns that has already been brought up about this, of course, is that, you know, it might be more difficult or it, we may stop seeing a lot of uh, non-Activision Blizzard games being included in, in MLG. Now, whether or not that's really going to happen it's hard to say but of course you know when anything like this happens everybody likes to throw on their tinfoil hats and talk about the worst possible outcomes and so um something interesting to think about though yeah i really don't think there's much to worry about here though uh the steam winter sale came and passed it did and i bought uh, exactly zero things. I thought I saw you buy a game. Did I? I think you bought something. What did I buy? I don't, I don't know. know. You know? I don't know. Well, apparently you know this more than I do. <laughs> well, I was just going on Steam, like going to my profile, because I remember asking you for help trying to figure out how to make Steam work mm. in terms of like the the ancillary stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. And said that you bought something. Now I don't remember what it was. I was pretty sure I didn't buy anything on this this particular winter sale, but I. Could be mm. wrong. I don't know. Does it matter? I mean, no, because whatever it was, obviously I already forgot about it, and it's in my backlog somewhere. So you know. No, yeah, I mean, you have a huge backlog too. <laughs> I sure <laughs> do. Hold too. Um. Uh. Yeah. I got like. Uh. I got 
damn seven games nice seven games this 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 time um I, I really yeah I got I got finally got the original half life wait have you never played that no holy shit yeah how yeah I know how what do you mean like what do you mean how like how have you never played that what do you mean how have I never played I mean I just never played it I still haven't beaten the second one <sighs> I played it at least you you disappoint Lord Gaben I own them I don't think he's disappointed <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i got i got quite a bit of games um oh here they are what all did i get no you didn't get no you didn't get shit you just achieved things oh yeah see, um, there you go uh, i got half-life super meat boy redux darks matters dungeons and dragons chronicles of mistara brutal legend gundamonium collection and undertale that's a that's a pretty good haul and, and really how much did you end up spending on all that? Like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there were some things that were enticing, but uh, nothing that I really could justify the money. The only thing that I got really close to dropping some cash on was um, Shadow of Mordor uh, Game of the Year Edition, because that was on sale, and I still haven't played that yet. Yeah. You, you, you'll be able to get that really cheap in the future, too. That's, that's a good thing. I am looking forward to playing Undertale with my Saturn controller <laughs> here in the near future. Um, but that's not really the big story that came out of the winter sale. I think it was like, was it Christmas Day? I think you can remember this. Mm. Um, Christmas Day is when people were logging onto Steam, and they go in there, and they find someone else's account. Like, it wouldn't mm. <laughs> it wouldn't be their account. They, they see, like, most people just backed out and... Uh, Waited, from what I understand, but I, you know, that Valve kind of showed that they're pretty vulnerable. But then again, on Christmas, everyone does kind of show their ass in terms of security concerns they have the past couple of years. True story. Um, but apart from completely bungling people's uh, account login information, the other notable thing from the Steam Winter Sale was the uh, ARG that they sort of implemented. Um, as part of the sale. Now, typically they do this in some fashion anyway, um, usually in conjunction with a major seasonal sale or something like that, but not always to this depth. Usually it's pretty straightforward and it usually just has something to do with collecting trading cards or some other bullshit, but um, some more enterprising individuals on Steam went sleuthing about and ended up Basically going down this weird rabbit hole of clues and stuff that very obviously were intentionally put in there by Valve that um, ultimately led to a few things that kind of suggested something about Half-Life 3 being announced. And of course, we all know that <sighs> this is the umpteenth billion time we've heard that phrase being said. And of course... Half-Life 3 is not coming, sorry. <laughs> and of course, it never amounts to anything. And from what I understand, um, this one didn't either. So, so there's that. I think at this point we can just assume that Valve are, are just the master trolls of the video game industry. I think at this point they're not actually going to make the game. They're just going to continue hinting at it every so often just to lead people on. Just like the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's really not coming. <laughs> yeah, no, those, all those videos and screenshots that's all uh it's all doctored it's totally fake i don't know what you're talking about i don't know anything about this it's photoshop no yeah yeah what's photoshop i know I, I don't know what you're talking about i know because i have seen many pixels in my time yes yes 
Oh, so Half-Life 3 confirmed. Yep, there we go. Definitely. Confirmed. Coming this year to uh, PS Vita. Yes, mm-hmm. to the Vita and uh, the Steam box everyone owns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking of, uh, PCs and all those steam boxes that everybody bought and are really happy with, um, you might be playing fallout four on your steam box. And if you are, uh, you can go out right now and add to your list of mods that I'm sure you have, because I know I do. What's a mod? Uh, it's this thing that, um, the master race can use and, uh, it's a long story you wouldn't understand, but, um, the, the, the guy who, goes by the username of Fancy Pants, um, who made the mod for Skyrim that turned the dragons into very strange Geiger-esque uh, Macho Man Randy Savage abominations, and it was amazing, has put some work into Fallout 4 and turned your death claws into neon pink and yellow Macho Man Randy Savages. Along with the requisite sound clips from the man himself. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this or is, is that Kool Aid Man? No, no, that's that's pretty much him. Yeah, I know the difference is is very small, but uh, snap it to a Kool Aid. Exactly. Um, so clearly, this is an essential mod for anyone playing Fallout Four on PC, and you should go out and get it right now. I endorse that statement. I support you. <laughs> I don't even know how to, I don't even, I'll be honest, I don't even know how to put a mod into Steam. I don't know where to find mods, I don't know how to work them, you're going to have to tell me this after this. Uh, it, figure this out. Yeah, with with uh, Fallout 4, it, it actually has nothing to do with Steam. Like, the mods are not in the Steam Workshop or anything, it's a completely third-party thing, so. My, that's, what I, that's what I have questions about. We'll talk about this after, after a recording, but like, System Shock 2. Which I got a while back. Mm-hmm. I guess it has a graphic update, it, which it does surprise me. But I have no idea how to get it. Yeah, I, when I played through it again, I, I put the the graphic mod in there, and um, it was it was pretty cool. It definitely uh, made the experience much better. It makes the game look like what your mind thinks the game still looks like. So we're gonna have to talk about that afterwards. Sure, because I need to figure this out. Okay. Um. So I've been on a couple of rants. The past couple weeks. So I'm just going to set this up before I let Shane hopefully spike this down. Because I think this is going to be fantastic. Um, George Lucas, who I, I'm going to put my opinions out there first before Shane gets to it, uh, is someone I honestly I feel bad for, right? Um, Go on. He, of course, made Star Wars. He sure if did. If you didn't know. And then he made the prequels to Star Wars, uh, which... Were, were lovingly crafted and loved by all, but they were they really weren't. They they, they kind of sucked, especially number two. Number one was okay. Number three was decent. Number two sucked, and he kind of ruined his own series. Uh, I feel bad for the guy because, of course, he sold this to Disney. Was it three years ago now? Uh, something but, like that. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah, for for uh, four billion dollars, and hasn't been allowed to do anything with his series. So in a way, I sympathize with them. I do think Star Wars is better, but I sympathize with Mr. Lucas because this is his creation that he doesn't even have any saying for. Like, it's I've always found it weird that there's this entire other realm of fiction around this pretty much one story he made, and it's evolved into something where everyone tells is telling him that 
whatever he does is with what he created is not the way it's supposed to go, which I find very strange. But I do feel bad for him. I do think it's good that he's out of the Star Wars um, production. I do think that's that is true because, and we'll get to it after uh, we we really address what he did. But uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens is a fantastic movie. It, it had nothing to do with him. I would say is probably better, not not probably better, definitely better than any of the prequels that Lucas worked on most recently. So I'm happy he's gone. But the reason he garnered news is because something he said, and he immediately redacted, uh, and when he said that he sold his creation to white slavers, the white slavers being Disney, and lit the world ablaze and just pretty much bitched and complained about the fact he couldn't do what he wanted to with his own creation, which... Not being a major Star Wars fan, uh, I know that you, Shane, being much more invested in the Star Wars lore than myself, yes. would probably look at a story like this and just want to tear into Mr. L and let him know how you feel, much like I do the Final Fantasy VII. So, by all means, Shane, take the floor and let it loose. <laughs> you know, uh, I got to be honest with you on this one. It, it, <clears throat> it's It's more of just like resignation and disappointment more than just out like outright anger i think which i know is not nearly as entertaining of course but uh yeah so chris kind of alluded to this he he had an interview with charlie rose recently um on december 25th uh, i believe and he he equated Disney to, as he said, white slavers and then kind of like trailed off like he immediately knew what he said and then was just kind of like, oh, ha, 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 right. Those people that just paid me like four billion dollars for my shit that I made like 40 something years ago. Right. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that. And then they quickly move on to something else. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that portion of this interview i I didn't watch the whole thing but i saw a a part of it and that actually wasn't even like the worst part it was funny like i laughed when that happened but it's the way that lucas was talking about it like we don't understand star wars and you know he, he was saying you know well star wars isn't about you know, spaceships and, and, you know, laser battles and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's really a soap opera. That's what it is. At its core, it's a soap opera. Um, and it's about families and, you know, the drama between, you know, a father and a son and, and blah, blah, blah. And to a degree, yes, it, it absolutely is. It's, it's kind of always been a character drama, right? And so that's fine. But it's just the fucking smarmy way that he goes about saying this, like, well, listen, all of you people that love the shit that I made clearly have no idea what it actually is. And all the stuff that you really actually love about it um, is not what it was meant to be. So fuck you is kind of what he was going off of there. And, And that right there is a big fucking like window into his thought process and probably why the prequels sucked as much ass as they did because when you let george lucas off the fucking chain and he goes and does whatever he wants with his series you get the prequels and i've said this time and again to basically anyone who brings it up or even 
is willing to fucking listen that the only reason that the original trilogy was any fucking good in the first place is because George Lucas had some, a few very key people around him at the time that told him that his ideas were fucking dumb. He had a really good basis for the, the space opera, as it's come to be called, that would be Star Wars. But there was a lot of things that needed to be fixed. And if he had been as big a name as he was then, as he is now, he wouldn't have had anybody around to challenge him on any of those things. And honestly, I don't even think Star Wars would have been as great as it turned out to be. And it wouldn't have been the phenomenon that it's been for decades now um, because it would have been terrible. And so it's just it really fucking burns me that like after all this time, he's still is basically trying to tell us that we have no idea why we like Star Wars and the reasons that we are it's so near and dear to our hearts is basically wrong. And that it's just it adds to the list of reasons why I don't fucking like George Lucas at all. Like I said it before, I'm really glad that he fucking gave us Star Wars. If it wasn't for him, it wouldn't have happened because it came out of his head. But I'm actually way more thankful for the other people that were around him that guided him in the right direction for episodes four, five, and six. Because at least we can get to where we are now, which is let's all just please forget that the prequels even happened. And let's just focus on seven, how fucking awesome it is, because it is. And just move forward from here because the series and the franchise are in much better hands now than they ever have been. And after seeing The Force Awakens, I, I personally am convinced that the series is finally going to go back in the right direction. Like that movie hit all of the key points that I wanted it to hit. It was, it was a Star Wars movie in every way that I wanted it to be a Star Wars movie. And I even heard some people coming out of that one being like, eh, it was okay. You know, it was like, eh, it was all right. And I'm like, fuck off. How is this not, how is this not a great movie? How is it just okay? Like the only problem that I had with that movie, and I did have one, was that it was part of it was rehashed. I did not like and and I'm not going to say why because I know there are probably some people that still haven't seen it yet and if you haven't I don't know why get your ass to the theater and go watch it. But there was one major thing in the movie that was basically a rehash from previous films and it really didn't need to be there. Um and that was the only thing I saw that kind of bothered me about it. But it ended up being more of a backdrop to the more important plot points that were revolving around the new characters that came into this movie. So ultimately it wasn't a huge deal. And, uh, and the other thing that I heard was some people complaining that there were too many members of the old cast that were involved in this one. And I was like, seriously, it was like three and that's not spoilers because everybody's seen the trailers and we know who's there. But point is, is there was a reason they needed to be there. And I know this is veering off of a George Lucas rant into a Force Awakens rant, but whatever, fuck it. Like, they needed to be there because this movie was supposed to be a bridge between, from the previous trilogy into basically setting up this plot for continuing the series. So you needed to have enough familiar elements and characters from the previous movie, from Return of the Jedi... To make the connections necessary to have this all flow and make sense, 
And then after this, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those characters just don't really ever show up again or are very, very minimal in the following movies because they don't necessarily need to be there anymore. Because now we're going to be following the story that has been set up in Force Awakens that doesn't necessarily need them. So, at least for the most part. So, I guess that's, I'm going to start rambling now, so I think I'll end my my thing there, but... (laughs) So we had a really good discussion about Star Wars and The Force Awakens and how we both absolutely fucking love the movie. However, Audacity thought that me, Chris, wasn't talking, so it decided to stop recording altogether. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all gone. Um, but I do think it was really interesting, uh, our lively debate over when... Uh, Luke Skywalker does a triple backflip and cuts off Kylo Ren's head and proceeds to go mate with Chewbacca en route to uh, talking about the Cylon threat and notice to boarding the USS Enterprise after the Millennium Falcon is swallowed by a Deus Ex character. You, you know, you, you were going really well up until that last part. <laughs> you could have included something yes. about, like, a TARDIS, and you probably could have wrapped that one up. Oh, oh. But, yeah, um, we inside. had a whole discussion, probably a good, like, 15 or 20 minutes almost, um, of talk about The Force Awakens with a lot of spoilers and stuff in it. But that all got lost, so we're not going to do that. So anyway, um, <clears throat> we're going to move on to our main topic discussion, which is the 2015 year in review for video games. Yeah. Um, so this would be the segment we are going to call what's no, not that we are going to call that we do call what's on tap. So, 2015, we had a a lot of stuff happen this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Some interesting controversies, uh, a lot of of good things happened, we had a lot of good games got released, and um, I don't know, what do you want want to start with? Um, I'm just going to give a brief synopsis about how I felt about 2015 video game-wise overall. I think as the year went on, I didn't realize software-wise how many good games were coming out this year. I think this year was a tremendous year for video games. I think as the year went on, when you do a review of the consoles and the PC market, how good of a generation this is becoming. And um, I think it would be better for the consoles if they're console exclusive. Of course, they're not. But like you look at what's coming out in the Wii U with Splatoon and Mario Maker and uh, Xenoblade, and you look at the PS4, uh, what's coming on the horizon with uh, uh, Uncharted 4. Um and just a lot of games that have come out this year, like The Witcher 3, Fallout 4, um, surprise indie hits like Undertale, uh, Rocket League, uh, a lot of good games. Just tons and tons of good games just being released. And I, I know I'm forgetting a ton um, that have really shown that right now is an exciting time to be a video game enthusiast and, and to be able to enjoy video games on a modern front. You just don't have to go retro like I was in 2014 and 2013 which I thought were pretty poor years. Um, but in terms of the business of it, like 2015 continued to be on the aspect that uh, 
the video game AAA business is a complete shit show. Sure is. And I think that's where a lot of our negative feelings about the industry and where softwares are really coming from because the AAA market is just garbage and how they handle themselves and how they display themselves and what they're doing to video games and the industry. But 2015, I would have to say, um, before we kind of go into the, the major events throughout the year from, from what we believe, uh, not that a very good year for video games, I would say. Very good, very good year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, despite the bullshit, I suppose, that we've been seeing out of the AAA uh, developers and everything, you know, we still ended up with some really good releases. Um, they, of course, all pretty much had their own sets of issues, which is not unusual, but I think uh, this year was pretty big in terms of some um you know landmark titles uh hitting shelves as it were um of course fallout being one major one that uh almost everybody i know is still completely consumed with at the moment (laughs) um but yeah i mean for me personally um i thought this was a good year there was there was a lot of really strong titles released and with you know the continuation of ease of access uh, on a digital front for games through Steam and and other sources, but mostly Steam, it just continues to get easier and easier to have access to basically any game you could possibly dream of, even the really terrible ones. But uh, it's it's definitely a good time to to consider yourself a gamer um it's definitely never been easier that's for sure i'm gonna put you on the spot top three games of the year Ooh, top three um let's see you're right that is tough uh i'm already gonna say fallout 4 is one of them even though it got released late in the year um it's definitely in my top three without question uh let's see what else would i put up there um I'm trying to think of any what I would have what I really really enjoyed this year that wasn't an HD re-release or something like that. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I gotta think about that one for a second. Do you do you have your your top three already in mind? Uh, I have two. Okay. Uh, actually, I have three, and that's pretty much the only three games I played uh-huh. uh, that were released in 2015. I'm pretty sure after I play them, I'm gonna have a different uh, play some other ones. I'm gonna have a different opinion. Um, number three is Splatoon. Mm, okay. uh, a very good, very fun, uh, creative game. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, number two, Dragon Quest Heroes. Mindless fun. Uh, uh, it's Dynasty Warriors inspired. And uh, number one for me was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Mm, speaking of late arrivals. Like, yeah. Very late. Um it didn't make a lot of people's game of the year list, mostly because one, it's on the Wii U, and two, it's uh, it came out so late, and a lot of people are getting their game of the year lists out in early December. But it's a very good game. Um, there are plenty of other ones, like I still have yet to play Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and I do have Bloodborne. Uh, so that that game is supposed to be really good. Um, there's some other games I, I need to try out that I got for the PS4 this year. Like I said, everything's catching up. There's just some games that caught my eye. Definitely loved uh, a lot of the Wii U's efforts this year. Just blown away about by what the Wii U provided. 
it's a shame to see that console sell as few console as as, as few units as it has, just because it was a tremendous year this year for it. It was a tremendous year last year for it. I don't think there's going to be much in the tank for 2016 other than the obvious Zelda. I don't think Star Fox is really going to deliver. That's I just think that. Um, so, you know, a great year, Swang Song for the Wii U. Wait for Zelda. Very excited. Um, Xenoblade Game of the Year. Cool. Um, I would, I think I would definitely put Tales from the Borderlands in my top three, actually. Um, it's, yes, it's another Telltale adventure game, but it's really, really well written. <laughs> and if you, if you like the style of humor and the characters and, and the aesthetic from the Borderlands series at all, you would be doing yourself a disservice to not at least check it out. Um, it's, it's a really, really fun story and the, the characters are awesome. Um, I, I actually like basically all of the Telltale adventure games. I've played almost all of them and, um, I've enjoyed every single one, but that one is, I think, definitely the best. Uh, Walking Dead's pretty close, but I think, I just think the overall humor and and the uh, the writing style from Tales of the Borderlands, I think that one puts that one above above the rest. So speaking of those kind of games, so this is a good one to get into without really knowing much about the you know main content. Is the Wolf Among Us one of those good ones? That came out this year. Mm, I can't I think the remember. The Wolf if Among Us came out this year. This year, if it was late last year, I don't remember now. Or did it finish up this year? It finished up this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it started this year. That might have been late 2014. But uh, honestly, any of them, uh, you don't really need to know anything about the backstory or or the source, the material, source material for any yeah. of those. Um, but if I was going to suggest one to get into, if you've never played a Telltale game, um, pr- yeah, probably probably Tales from the Borderlands or uh wolf among us those are probably and as much as of a walking dead fan as i am i think those two beat that one out my kids want the uh, minecraft st- uh, story mode yeah of course they do yeah of course <laughs> every every kid is all about minecraft right <sighs> yeah i'm kind of happy my brother didn't get them the uh wii u edition of minecraft yet he yeah. said he was going to and he keyword he yet it's just a, exactly. it's a matter of time it, it's gonna well, happen it's, it's digital so he has to send it because he doesn't have a Wii U, I don't think he has to send me a Wii U eShop card. Uh. So, you can take his time. <laughs> All right. Now, there were the, there are a couple major stories. We picked out a couple. Uh, there, there are definitely more stories this year, but we covered them either really recently, like the, the DOA stuff and the Gamergate stuff. I don't really think either of us want to dive into Gamergate or no, I do <laughs> censorship not. again. Um so uh, we're just going to run over a couple stories. Uh, Shane, you'd be the first. I'm just going to go over this. We have the, uh, of course, there is the Arkham Knight uh, release and the big deal about that and what Warner Bros. did on Steam. We have just Konami being Konami. Fuck Konami, as Jim Sterling says. Because uh, Konami is Konami and Konami is the worst. <laughs> so um, Kickstarter stories and uh, the paid mods fail on steam i know it's this may not be your uh, listener this might not be your personal big story of 2015 but these are the ones that you know we we kind of liked and, and uh we we, we kind of wanted to expound on a little bit 
uh, talking about the big stories of 2015 we liked. So go ahead, Shane, you take the first one. Oh, and and quickly off the cuff, if I had to come up with a third like best game of this year, I would also throw Bioshock Infinite in there. For the record, that was 2014, wasn't it? Uh, was it? I don't know. Yeah. Are you sure? No. Hmm. I'm pretty, but no, I'm pretty sure it came out holiday season 2014. Yeah, uh, well, it was close. It was close enough to count. It's close enough. I know. I, it's close enough for government work. That's what all I yes. care about. I got it this year, but go ahead. Yeah, well, that's why I was thinking about Wolfenstein The New Order, because I got that this year, and I really, really liked that, but I'm pretty sure that was 2014, so. I think it was 2013. Shh, quiet. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so some of the notable, I guess, more controversial things that happened this year, as Chris uh, enumerated. The Arkham Knight kerfuffle, and that's kind of putting it lightly. Um, lightly. I'm sure a lot of you are aware of what happened with that, as it was basically a complete disaster, particularly on PC, to the point that Warner Brothers ended up completely pulling the game from all digital uh, retailers. And didn't re-release it for several months, and it was still kind of broken. Um, so then they finally ended up offering refunds, who wanted to return their <laughs> digital purchase. Uh, oh, and to, yeah. be, to be fair, there was also physical copies for PC, so I'm sure those folks got to, you know, return those if they wanted to as well. But, um, you know, honestly, that one is surprising to me in, in so much as I would think have hoped that we had gotten to a point now where with, with the architecture of the, you know, the new consoles being the same as a PC for all intents and purposes, that these sorts of porting issues would not be a problem anymore. And I'm not entirely sure why it is. Um, I'm sure there are some very good technical reasons why, but I just felt like we had finally gotten to a point where this wouldn't be a problem anymore. And unfortunately, it still is quite a big issue because um, this was not the only one to have these kinds of problems. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity comes to mind with their disappearing faces, as <laughs> frightening and amusing as that was. Um, but yeah, so that was one. Um, and then... The, the thing between Bethesda and Valve kind of teaming up on Steam to give people paid mods for Skyrim through Steam's uh, workshop system, uh, that was also uh, squarely in the complete disaster category. Because, listen, mods have always been a big reason why people like playing games on PC, and they basically went and just completely tried to exploit this and there's really no other way to to color this one they really were just going for complete exploitation because mods have always been free now granted you kind of have always been able to donate to a mod developer because usually they're like one dude in his well, they're, office they're, or something they're probably on paypal or something like that well yes yeah it's usually a paypal button on you know a mod database website or something that says like hey if you like my mod maybe throw me a few bucks for a coffee or something mm -hmm. and that's fine you know totally cool but when you go and institutionalize something like this and say, well, now you can't get this mod unless you pay X amount of dollars through the Steam Workshop, that is complete bullshit. And um, 
evidently enough people agreed with that sentiment because the backlash was sizable to say the least so much so that um they revoked this idea completely um fairly shortly after and completely removed the paid mod program um, because this was actually their launching point they were going to be doing this for any moddable game that was on steam going forward and oh, this is new revenue stream it was yeah they were trying to establish a new revenue stream by doing this and skyrim was their was their uh test bed for it which honestly was probably a terrible choice because bethesda games are so well known for being modded on pc well that- i actually think it was the best choice if you're being um genuine right because you're going to want to see where your biggest modding community is coming from, right? I mean, you're going to get your most honest reaction. You're going to know what the future is going to bode for you. I think their their mentality was, let's go climb the tallest mountain. And if the tallest mountain, if people are happy with it and it works out, then we have nothing to worry about for the rest of the community. Yeah, I suppose. And that, it didn't work that way. I su- that's Okay, that's true only if they were, like you said, if they were going at this from an honest angle. Which, maybe they were. You know, whatever. I'm I'm not necessarily always wearing a tinfoil hat when it comes to these things. But, like, if they were going at this honestly, then yes, that strategy totally makes sense. But if they were trying to kind of get this in and hope that no one complained too much, then picking probably one of, if not the most heavily modded game series ever... Probably not the best choice. No, especially because you need the mods to even play the game. <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, for, for a while. <laughs> until it gets fixed. <laughs> All right, since you took those two stories, I'm going to take the two. I'm, I'm happy you left me these two because these are the ones I want to talk about anyway. No, go for it. Um, Konami. Okay, so let's talk Konami. Because um, <laughs> we haven't cause... done that at all. Oh, man. <laughs> Look... I'm sure EA had a big story that they screwed up something this year. They do every year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Activision did. We talked about how WB did with Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, Square Enix probably fucked something up because they normally do. Um, mostly, I mean, I mean, shit, all these guys, this is like the year of the microtransaction. We haven't even talked about that, about how microtransactions just went off the fucking wire mm-hmm. this year and, and it's just got crazy but that's all i really got to say is microtransactions just went fucking batshit insane you want to talk about one company that has completely shat the bed and made a tremendous awful name for themselves i know it contradicts right there but i don't give a shit um konami <laughs> has probably become the worst company in video games in, in this year it, this is it's, it's it's ridiculous if you think about it okay so everyone has to remember pt and uh, silent hills was canceled this year i mean 2015 that was still 2015 it was canceled in 2015 mm-hmm. then konami takes it off the playstation network and if you had already downloaded it and you deleted it, you cannot re-download to play PT. They got rid of PT, right? Just completely severed it. Got everyone hyped up, got everyone, ble- and it just, boom, gone. Um, Kojima leaves Konami. 
you had the whole entire Metal Gear Solid Five back and forth this year about whether or not they're going to put Kojima's name on it, whether he's going to get any credit, um, what was going on behind the scenes, especially with the PT cancellation. You had that happen in 2015. You had uh, then Kojima leave Konami in 2015, just a couple months ago. You had the whole entire award show debacle from Konami, where they wouldn't let Kojima go there. And then um, Dorito Man, uh, Dorito Do Man, uh, what's that, uh, Jeff Knightley? Whatever his name is. Uh, Jeff um, Keighley, I think. Jeff Keighley, yeah. yeah the, the, the the guy the Pepsi the Pepsi overlord he um dropped a bomb about how Kojima and much credit to him because that doesn't seem like he would be knowing his reputation but he broke free from that awesome he was a journalist um dropped the bomb about what happened with Konami and Konami took a major hit for that and rightly so um and it's just what a terrible year for them and then they come out and have the Silent Hill and uh Castlevania Pachinko Machines was their big announcement. Uh. <laughs> Pull the lever. <laughs> Pull it. <sighs> and those come out. And you got a company that just looks awful. And this rolls me into my next big thing about 2015. And that's Konami in 2015. Probably the biggest thing. That's what I took away from 2015 is Konami is done. Konami, as we knew it as children... Konami as we have known it growing up, Konami the legend, the company that made Gridius, Parodius, Castlevania, um, who owns the Hudson franchises like Bomberman and Adventure Island, and the, own all those properties, they are they're gone. They're they're done. They don't care about you as a gamer. They they want to make pachinko machines and gym fitness stuff and, and make money and bottled water. So Konami's gone, and that, that was more evident by Kickstarter. Um, a lot big, big year for Kickstarter, and that that loops to Konami with uh, Iga making Bloodstain, which was in our probably some of our earliest episodes this year. Uh, how we talked about how Bloodstain was being launched and made like five point five million dollars, something like that, some ridiculous amount. Um, but that wasn't the big. I mean, that was just one of many titles on Kickstarter this year. You had multiple successes. You had Ukulele. The spiritual success for the uh, Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. You had Shenmue Three, big big game, um, and then you had one of the first major failures of Kickstarter with Red Ash, and we, we got to see that you know maybe people on Kirk, maybe backers on Kickstarter aren't as stupid as we all look, you know, <laughs> um, that we actually pay attention to what these companies are doing. And Mighty Number no. Nine and the turbulence they had being a Kickstarter back game, and, and not being able to fulfill their promise of, of getting it out when they're supposed to and getting demos out there. So it's a big year for Kickstarter. Um, I think people are probably going to be more cautious about Kickstarter moving forward too, just because of this year and all the success. Uh, because Mighty Number no. Nine still hasn't come out, and crowdfunding has shown, like Star Citizen how they're still struggling to put out something and they're, they're coming forward. They're moving forward with it, but <clears throat> a big year for crowdfunding. Uh, a lot of opinions being formed on crowdfunding this year. And hopefully, you know, a lot of these crowdfunding things come to fruition uh, like mighty number no. nine. I hope that comes out soon uh, because it's not looking good. And if my number no. nine doesn't deliver, I think you might see a completely different attitude for Kickstarter moving forward. Especially with all these games that were just announced this year 
for Kickstarter and how successful Kickstarter was this year. And I really hope those games deliver as a backer of, I mean, I personally am a backer of Bloodstained. So I really hope that game does well. And, um, you know, I hope it works out in the future, but a big year in 2015 for Kickstarter and uh, various game franchises and spiritual successors and games getting another chance and another chance at life. So great for 2015 on Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the issues that you pointed out with um, some of the perhaps more shady things that happened with Kickstarter this year and some of the failures, uh, it's, it should be noted that that's not Kickstarter's fault. Um, I think those are just growing pains of a relatively new platform and a new, a, a new mode of thought, I guess, surrounding how games get funded and made. Um, everybody kind of jumped, you know, feet first into this thing with, oh, you know, this is a place where my favorite people can make those games that I like. I will give you money and you will give me a thing. And I think a lot of people didn't fully understand exactly what they were signing up for when they threw their five, 10, 50, whatever dollars into whatever game that they were backing. Cause everyone is always used to the more, you know, conventional dynamic of I give you money and then I get something. Whereas this is more like, I give you money uh, in hopes that you will use that money to then make something like three years from now. <laughs> and it's it's a little odd, and it's, it's a little bit more to kind of wrap your head around. And I think, I think Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general is better off for it now that they've made it through some of those initial hurdles because i think as a whole like you mentioned more of the gaming community i think has a more tempered approach to crowdfunding and they have a better understanding of what they are signing up for when they go into this thing um so i can't see that as being anything but positive because that sort of naturally weeds out a lot of the more potentially shaky propositions out there um, now that's not saying that, you know, people aren't still preying on our nostalgia for our money because they certainly are, and that's never going to change. But, um, I think everyone is taking a much better approach to it. Uh, and I, I definitely agree. Um, we'll see what else comes out that I can waste my money on in 2016. So many things, so many things, so many things, <laughs> especially on Kickstarter. I've, I've don't, I've, Contributed to three Kickstarter campaigns. I haven't gotten anything back from any of them yet. Bastards. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think the only one that I've put money into that I've seen anything from so far was um, that game that I totally can't remember the fucking name of right now. Yeah. Uh, Massive Chalice? No, the one before that. Uh, Broken Age. Yes, Broken Age. That's, that's like the only one. Oh, no, I lied. That's not the only one. I've gotten Broken Age and, um, I got Among the Sleep also, which was a pretty good little horror game. So, but other than that, um, yeah, I think a lot of them are still, still cooking. So, in development. And I'm, I'm sad that I, didn't get to back bloodstained i didn't actually end up putting money into that one before the 
the campaign ended, so. But you put into other ones around that time, too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I probably did. That's kind of the other problem with this crowdfunding thing, too, is, like, I'll put money into something and be like, that's awesome, and then forget about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. The first one I ever contributed to, that's the one that disappoints me the most. Component cables for my Genesis. I still haven't gotten them yet. <laughs> They're supposed to be here in June. Still waiting. Um, Still getting updates from it, at least. So, I mean, they're live. Oh, well, that's... that's thing. I mean, that's a plus. At least they yeah. didn't go completely radio silent. I was Because I was yeah. about to say, you, you might just need to need to give up hope on that one. But but you never know. So, uh, hopes for 2016, Shane. Uh, I would like more pachinko machines and yes. microtransactions in all of my games, please. More. Yes. yes. That's that's what, what I would like. I would also like... Um, I would like streaming built into literally everything, even though of I course. don't use it. And uh, let's see, what else do I really want? Um, I would also like to see a return of uh, purely motion control based gaming because that's my favorite, especially the Wii. Absolutely, especially the Wii. Um, I really, when I when I go to play a game, what I really am looking for is um, sore arms. And um, potentially throwing a remote through a window or a TV screen. Um, it's really the sense of danger, I think, that um, mm-hmm. really sells it for me. It just it, I'll see. it makes it that more way interesting. Mas- that way masturbation is just practice for video gaming. I mean, I feel like to a certain extent you could have made that argument anyway in some way. But <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know. Uh, but let's see. Actually, you know, I don't... On a somewhat more serious note, I don't really, I don't really know. Um... There's, I mean, I'm looking forward to the new World of Warcraft expansion because, yes, that is actually still a thing. Um, and Legion is coming out this year, and that's shaping up to be pretty awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But um, let's see. Oh, well, hopefully the new Zelda. That should be this year, right? Right? Yeah. Right? I, this should, should, should be. <laughs> um, but other than yes. that... Um, yeah. Thinking, hoping maybe No Man's Sky comes out this year. That'd be cool. Yes. Um, also looking forward to the new Deus Ex game because those have been going in a really good direction. Um, and I like that series a lot. So looking forward to that. Um, interestingly, okay. Like if you had asked me this a few months ago, I wouldn't have said I gave a shit, but honestly, I'm actually looking forward to Dark Souls 3. I, that's why I want to play Bloodborne. I want to know if I'm going to be looking forward to it or not. I, I haven't played any of them yet, so. And uh, also, technically 2016, but it's like in a couple weeks, um, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Yes. That game looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, looks, that does look fun. And it gives me another reason to use my 3DS, so <laughs> that's a win-win. Uh, personally, this year, I'm looking forward to more information about the NX. I would really mm. want to s- really see what Nintendo has up their sleeve. I want to see what they have going for it. I want to see if this thing's going to be a powerful console or some gimmicky, yuppie piece of shit that I'm just going to ignore because I don't. And I'll still probably buy, but um, <laughs> I would I'll want to ignore it, like I wanted to ignore the Wii U and could not. Um, other things I want I want more DLC in Tetris games from uh, like what happened earlier this year. That I was not expecting that one, but okay, yeah. Sure. That no. That was a thing that really happened. By the way, uh, that doesn't surprise me, honestly. At this point, uh, Ubisoft. Uh, l- l- look up uh, uh, Jim Sterling's video today. His Jimquisition video. It's uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I've I've been behind on my YouTube watching. So yes, um, I want more YouTubers. I want more YouTube videos. I want more YouTube streaming. I want more YouTube because you know what? People on YouTube deserve more money. They deserve more of my cash. Um, and you know, every single time I watch with AdBlock, they deserve to get ten dollars because somewhere out there, someone who creates content for free deserves to live comfortably. No, I'm joking. I love YouTube. I love all you YouTubers out there. You do, do, do a great job. Uh, you, you'd convince me to not watch TV. So, so keep up the good content. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Just don't beg for money. And that's one thing I want to say that it, it actually speaking of that, I know it's not gaming related. I want to see Patreons stop forming up, right? I don't donate to any Patreons and here's why. It's because every single YouTuber I watch is now saying I need money for a Patreon. Like, at what point do, if I was actually an active Patreon member, like, where do I draw the line? <laughs> you know, like, how much do I pay each person? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, the problem with that is, like, that is a big investment. Like, if you're just, you know, donating something to someone, like a one-time thing, like, hey, I like your stuff, here's 10 bucks, that's one thing, but... Patreon is like a monthly subscription, right? Where you're basically giving yeah. this person money every month. Uh, or per video, depending on what they do. Ugh, yeah, that is that is a big commitment for something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I know like um, a lot of them are starting to go down. A lot of the people I've been tracking over the years, their Patreons are starting to dry up because I think people are starting to get tired of putting money towards Patreon mm-hmm. um, and being Patreon. But I want to see that stop. Uh, like Classic Game Room, which is a one of the first YouTube channels I ever started watching, ever, uh, decided they're going to go to a Patreon-based uh, subscription fee, or whatever they're going to do with it. Uh, I guess they're going to announce it here later this week. But this is one of the first YouTube channels I watched, and it's one of the earliest YouTube channels. If you don't watch it, whatever. I mean, they're, they're a smaller one. They only got like 400,000 subscribers. Um, but they're going to do a uh, Patreon thing, and... Um, you know, that's why I want to see less of that in 2016. Uh, everyone's having Patreons. They're having their own perks. They're having their own paywalls to content. I really, you know, YouTube wasn't meant for that. That's not what YouTube was for. Um, it's for that fledgling artist and fledgling developer to get their content out there and get picked up. And YouTube able these people to make money, which is great. But that's how you should make your money. If you don't feel like you're making enough money, maybe it's time to branch off. Um, and if people are willing to give you money, more power to you. That's awesome. Um, and people are willing to finance you, but it, it really needs to stop because if everyone is, wants money from everybody, at some point, nobody's making money off anybody. And then a lot of good content's just going to dry up and go away. So, um, that's how I feel about that. Uh, but 2016 gaming wise, I'm really excited. I saw the PlayStation thing a couple months ago um and i got really giddy as a gamer it's going to be unfortunate i'm going to be out of the united states um almost half of 2016 and half of 2017 so uh and this is where i'm really starting to get excited to be a gamer again uh for modern gaming not going back and playing nostalgia but for modern gaming because i think the next year two years are going to be fantastic uh this past year is fantastic and it's a really good time to be a gamer. Yeah. Speaking of which, I also just wanted to, because I remembered um, Cyberpunk 2077. That should be coming out in 2016. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. And also, I know you don't necessarily agree with this one, but um, the new Doom game. Hey, I hope it's good. 
I hope it's good. It's, it's plenty of reason to get excited. I mean, it's like saying uh, get excited for Star Fox. I don't think it's going to be good, but it's it's reason to be excited. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm really I have some high hopes for that one. Um, oh, and also there's a new South Park RPG coming and that that one was great. So looking forward to that, too. What's that one? It doesn't have like some sort of dirty name or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, South Park and the Fractured Butthole. Fractured Butthole. Mm hmm. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to play Stick of Truth. I've played uh, a little bit of it. Really good. It's really yeah, good. The little bit I have played of it is a fantastic game. Um, that was also that was 2013 too, wasn't it? I think or was that so. 2014? Mm, I th- I think it was 2014, but you know what? I as I've gotten older, my sense of time has just gone completely out the window. I don't know. I still think 1990 was like 10 years ago. So what the fuck do I know? About as much as I do. Yeah. Well, on All that right. note, <laughs> yes, I think uh, about about wraps it up for us on the the first episode of 2016 for Retro Hangover. Yes. And uh, as always, if you would like to get in touch with us, you have many ways to do that. Uh, you can do that through Facebook, through email, uh, podcast at retrohangover.com, um, through the comment system on the website itself. Or um, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Um, we are at Retro Hangover. Many ways to do that. Uh, send us your your comments, your opinions, your I don't know, love, tr- your love, your tr- your trolling, anything really. It's fine. I'll even take dick pics at this point. I mean, you say that like you wouldn't have before. I, I, come on, I gotta I gotta lay some standards here. You know, have some impressions. <laughs> Sure, let them believe whatever you want. I know better. I have no standards. All right, well, I am Chris Goplin, and that was Shane Kosky for Retro Hangover on January 4th, 2016. And remember, the most important thing that happened in 2015 was the creation of this podcast. We will see you on the next episode.